welcome, welcome, welcome. This is According to Callus. This is episode 193. This is after the election. So we're going to pivot on over to something a little more interesting that's been going on for the last several days. But if you're in Texas, we had an election. So everything else has to wait until that was over. Title of tonight's episode, Russia, Russia, Russia. Yeah, so for those of you who haven't been paying attention, uh, uh, there's a little conflict going on right now. It seems that the oligarchs in Ukraine have finally irritated enough the oligarchs in Russia, oligarchs in Russia, that they decided to take matters in their own hands. So I'm going to do my best to explain to those of us who don't follow deeply international politics, what exactly is at play here, who some of the players are, what the potential outcomes are, and honestly, if I get it wrong or I'm not 100% right, I don't claim to be a foreign policy expert. So, you know, you probably don't need to beat me up with it. As always, this show is on every podcast catcher that I can think of. I like to share it on Podbean and Spotify. However, we are on Apple iTunes and the Google app, whatever that may be. And I ask you, share, like, comment, give the thumbs up, give a review, whatever. Spread the word that I do this show because it's just so much fun and I'm doing it all for you. And on with the show. Alrighty, so here we go. The big brother, in this case Russia, and the little brother, in this case Ukraine, have a cousin, let's call it the European Union, and a far more distant cousin, that would be the United States, that feel like they should always keep sticking their nose in a little battle between brothers. Now, this is not a fair analogy, nor is it entirely accurate. This is just to help you understand what's at play here. The Russians and the Ukrainians have a long-term familial relationship, for lack of a better word. They have been part of the same country multiple times throughout history. They have overlapping, let's call it, civic and nationalistic and ethnic groupage connection. In other words, there's a whole lot of Russians that live in the Ukraine. There's a bunch of Ukrainians that live elsewhere. And quite frankly, the Russians were colonizing part of the Ukraine, I'm sorry, Ukraine for quite some time. Even back in the time of the czars, there were two distinct countries, but under the same rule, if you will, the same culture, if you will. Of course, it's not exactly the same. Just like two brothers might be slightly different, they're the same family. They get along. They work together. Now, if you want to go far enough back, you could probably make an argument that they were a separate entity, much like Poland and Lithuania once had their own little mini-empire there in the middle of the uh, European area. But for all intents and purposes, for the foreseeable past... They've been interconnected, interwoven, two brothers, if you will. So as we're watching this play out, the uh, big brother doesn't want his little brother led astray, doesn't want his little brother joining their cousin. 
Doesn't want his little brother to keep causing him problems. He wants his little brother to do what he says and gives him as much um, freedom as you will that is allowable in his mind, but he doesn't think he can go out on his own. So in this scenario or this understanding, if you will, the cousin, Nato, says, oh, you should come over to our team. Oh, you should come play with us. Oh, you just need to ignore your big brother. Well, to a certain extent, big brother is not really enthusiastic about it. But when you then have the other cousin jump in and start manipulating and start doing all sorts of nefarious things. In fact, basically taking control of the younger brother. Putting, uh, I don't know, let's say handcuffs on. Maybe getting the involved in some petty crime joining the gang if you will in this case maybe the gang is a better explanation of what nato is but be that as it may this is what's playing out so the big brother finally has enough and decides to go beat up the younger brother to get him in line that's the non-international politics version of what's playing out here now let's dive in a little closer So Russia has basically been run by oligarch since the uh, Soviet Union fell. And you can say what you want about the oligarchs because they're really not any different than the people that run our country or most of the European countries. Um, Maybe a little bit more Sicilian in nature if you get what I'm saying, but they... uh, unlike the oligarchs in the United States, are actually pro-Russian. They want what's best for Russia. They want what they think is best for Russia. But that doesn't necessarily mean all the Russian people agree. But, you know, there's a little paternity or uh, patrimony thing going on here. Well, we know what's best. And we're going to do this because all of Russia will be better Excuse my bad uh, accent, but I'm just trying to have a little fun here because, after all, I'm just trying to help you understand what's at play here. So those oligarchs, um, let's just say, are not as pure as the wind-driven snow, but they're at least supportive and protective of their country because it is their country. They see it as their the rulers of this country, if you will, which in fact they de facto are. Meanwhile, over in Ukraine, they had one group of oligarchs that they installed there. Well, you know, being that we're the United States and we know what's best for the rest of the world, we decided to incite a color revolution. Whereupon we disposed of one group of oligarchs and installed another group of oligarchs. And for those of you that don't know, think of them as non-petty tyrants, the ruling class, if you will. And uh, those in the ruling class that we installed really don't care about the Ukraine. I'm sorry, the Ukrainian people. How about that? Uh, And they care even less about the Russians that are in the eastern part of Ukraine. 
As a matter of fact, they are trying to force them back out. Now, if any of this sounds a little familiar to you, uh, that's probably because it's happening in other parts of the world right now. Now, I got to say, to a certain extent, I can understand this, and perhaps I'm even sympathetic to it. There are a large number of people that, while they're nominally related to you, really don't belong in your country, and you don't necessarily appreciate the fact that your country has all these people in it. And quite frankly, they're not going along with the game plan, and they're kind of undermining what you're trying to do, and actually they have a split allegiance to the neighboring country. Again, this might sound somewhat familiar to some of you, particularly if you live in Texas, but just go with me here. So, the Ukrainian oligarchs are trying to, I don't know, encourage some of the Russian natives that have moved into eastern Ukraine and are being Russians. They would like all of Ukraine to be for the Ukrainians. Seems like a reasonable enough request. However, you have to then remember that Ukraine and Russia, brothers, you know, they're very closely related. They have a long history together. And the Ukraine probably wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Russia. So we got all this at play. So you got one group of oligarchs that went, for lack of a better word, very much frustrated the Russian oligarchs. And they were poking the bear, if you will. But not to be outdone, the Americans, the NATO people, they encouraged them. Keep poking the bear. We got your back. Don't worry about this. Come on and join us. Come join NATO. I know. Let's start a fight between you and him. That's a great idea. Unless it's you're the you and him is twice your size and five times as good a fighter but hey you know what the other guy he just egged you on and got you in a situation that you can't possibly win but hey whatever so again to be clear no side is a good side no team is a good team they're all bad guys some are different Shades of bad guys. So the folks running Russia, they're pro-Russia. I applaud the fact that they're pro-Russia. They love their country. That's a good thing. But they could still be bad guys. Meanwhile, the folks in Ukraine, they like Ukraine. They don't like the Russians that are in Ukraine. So they treat those Russians in Ukraine very badly. And they do other things that upset Big Brother Russia. Big Brothers Russia's bad guys say to Ukraine bad guys, hey, you knock this off, and if you don't, we're going to come make you. And they say, well, that's fine and dandy, but we've got NATO and the United States to back us up, and you can't make me. Until they decided to make them. And then NATO was shown to be the bunch of pusillanimous, feckless friends that they've always been, even to us. Of course, I should also point out that we're absolutely no better at this point than they are. So the Ukrainian oligarchs are getting their butts handed to them. And the Ukrainian people are not having a lot of fun right now. But 
again, you can say all of this without being pro-Russia or pro-Ukraine or anti-Ukraine or anti-Russia and just say, hey, this is two groups of bad guys getting in each other and fighting each other out. Interestingly enough, though, for those of you that follow politics at all, like I don't know anybody else that does, but me, uh, the Ukrainian government felt the need to give out thousands of rifles and lots of ammunition. As if that was going to do something against tanks and planes. I mean, I mean, that's what our own government thinks, right? What good is your M16 against a tank and a plane? But we could just ask the Afghans, since they managed to chase out the mighty United States government after 20-some-odd years. Now, again, I'm not justifying any of our bad behavior, nor am I blaming America for everything. But the reality is, there are lots of bad people, and bad people do bad things. And there are lots of, let's say, conflicting ideas of what's best for a country, particularly when a neighboring country is involved. But if I go all the way back to a book that I'm fairly certain Pat Buchanan wrote probably 20-some years ago, he warned of the idea of moving NATO into Russia's front porch. And Pat Buchanan, by no means, is a pacifist. He may be a a non-interventionist at this point, but by no means is he a pusillanimous leader. By no means is he a wuss, for lack of a better term. By no means is Pat Buchanan a coward when it comes to the international stage. However, he warned and he said, this is not a good idea. We promised the Russians that we would respect their territory, that we would not put NATO on their front porch. And yet here we are. We dismissed all those promises. Now I got to say, I can't help but think to myself, why does any other country out there trust the United States, much less NATO, when we have an extremely long track record of making promises that we don't keep? And then bringing in allies that we then abandoned. And if you're another country out there and you're looking at the United States, it's the land of the free, the home of the brave, with unlimited funds to give to you. I understand why you might be lulled into a false sense of security by coming alongside the United States and doing what we want. But you really only have to look back at, I don't know, Vietnam, Cambodia, uh, Iraq, Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, and Afghanistan to see what happens when we leave an area or how we abandon our people. Now, the flip side, of course, is We import these people, drop them off in the middle of areas that don't speak their language, have no idea who these people are or what they're doing there, other than we give them a paycheck and upend the entire community in which we've sent them. So I guess maybe that's your exit plan, right? That's, you know, Cambodia was terrible, but hey, I got moved here. Or better yet, how about all the Laotians that we upended from the highland area of Vietnam and dumped in the middle of Wisconsin? Does that make a lot of sense to you? But we didn't. Hey, but that's okay because the SCOTUS has determined that it's perfectly fine to still put people into, I'm sorry, not concentration camps, 
internment camps for unspecified periods of time where we don't have to abide by your rights that are guaranteed by our constitution. But then, of course, we're seeing this play out by the fact that we've suspended habeas corpus for those people that trespassed on January 6th, a little over a year ago, that are still standing in a jail without being able to even get representation. Hey, but that's okay. There's no problem here. After all, we're more worried about those Russians. Listen, I'm not defending what Russia has done. I'm not defending what the Ukraine's done. I'm not saying that either one of them are good guys. But what I am saying is rather than screaming Russia, Russia, Russia and parading around the false narrative that we get all the time and accepting that whatever the media is telling us is truth, we ought to just take a pause. We ought to just reflect on the long history of telling us a bunch of BS and think to ourselves, is it not possible that Russian television is probably closer to being accurate than our own news. And then we should go look in the mirror and scream at this is what it's come to. Now, what's interesting is Chris Ann Hall has talked about this many times on her show. And if you haven't subscribed to Chris Ann Hall's show, you don't know what you're missing. And I'm going to get this wrong, but I want to say it was the Smoot-Hawley no, it's not Smoot Holly. My apologies. There is an act that they changed. And again, go listen to Chris Ann Hall. She'll spell it out for you. They checked it. They did a modernization of it, which allowed for the U.S. government to program propaganda for domestic consumption. They're feeding us garbage. And you know what they say about garbage in, you get garbage out. That's what we've got right now. We've got our own government that openly and unashamedly is lying to us and telling us not helpful or not truthful or not even informational things right now. We're being led down the wrong path. And it's all okay. It's all perfectly legal, don't you know? Don't question anything here because... Citizen, trust us. We know what we're doing. Excuse me if I don't find that at all comforting. Excuse me if I want to continue to ask questions. Excuse me if I don't accept the fact that it's always Russia's fault. Again, just because you question the narrative does not automatically make the Russians good guys. Who would have thought back in 1984 when Red Dawn came out that I would ever see the Russians or the former Soviet Union in a positive light. But yet here we are, we're looking at it and we're just saying, hmm, they're concerned about their territorial integrity. They're concerned about their neighboring country that is wiping out groups of people, yet... We were just fine going to the Olympics when that host country was doing much the same thing to an entire people group that resides within their borders. So I don't know if we're more hypocritical, more stupid, or more just disengaged from the reality among us, or around us, or within us. It's just wholly disappointing. But what I suggest to you is, 
Don't accept the narrative. Don't just jump to conclusions. Do your research. Fail to do so and you will be misled. Fail to put forth any effort and you will make the mistakes. Fail to question the narrative and you will pay the price. The price always goes back to erosion of liberty. That's the one thing oligarchs, whether they're American slash United States slash Canadian slash NATO UN World Economic Forum, whatever you want to call them, the oligarchs are always eliminating our liberty on a day-by-day, piece-by-piece basis. And if we're not going to fight back, if we're not going to pay attention, if we're not going to educate ourselves, we're never going to be able to stop it. And you can't stop it all overnight. And it doesn't just happen at one time. It takes work. And you have to do the work. So what I suggest to you is rather than worried about Russia, 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 pay more attention to Collin County, Grayson County, Hunt County, Delta County, Rockwell County, Dallas County, Tarrant County, Denton County. Pay more close attention to the cities around you, whether it's Frisco, Allen, Plano, McKinney, Fairview, Princeton, Farmersville, Anna, Melissa, Salina, Prosper, Denton. Louisville, Colony, Little Elm, right? Pay attention to those cities around you. Pay attention to the towns around you. Pay attention to the county that you live in. And then finally, get involved at the state level. Now, (coughs) excuse me. Now that the primary is over, next up are the precinct conventions. And they're coming up this Saturday. If you don't know where that's at, Go to the Collin County GOP website. Go to the Facebook page. Find out. To my best recollection, it will be this Saturday, I believe at 9 o'clock. It will be at the Frisco Preston Ridge Campus. I have in my calendar, it is from 8 until 1. I know it's not going to take that long, but I'm telling you, take five, well, that'd be five hours, but take take a couple hours out of your Saturday, go there, sit down, join your precinct, fill out a resolution, fill out platform plank, be involved. Get nominated. Go to the Senate District Convention, which is in three weeks after that. This stuff all matters. Now, look, I'm a Republican. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're a Democrat. Maybe you're a Libertarian. All the parties have their own conventions. All the parties, quite frankly, they don't want to listen to us. But if we show up in force and do our jobs, they have no choice. The SDA Convention, which is coming on the 26th, is going to be out in Wiley. Now, I know some of my friends are listening to this. If you don't know where to go, how to get there, if you have questions of who your precinct chair is, how do you get to take part in this? All you have to do is call me. 
I've put out my number more than one time, so we're going to do it one more time now. 405-1852. That's 214-405-1852. Call me. Text me. I will give you the information. I will hand walk you to the person that is your precinct chair and get you plugged in. Give you an opportunity to have your say on what's going to happen going forward. Now, if you're a Democrat, I can't help you. But you know what? I know a few Democrats, and I'll be happy to put you in touch with them. If you're a Libertarian, I know the guy. I know a guy. He'll hook you up. He'd be glad to have your help. It's all good. And if you're from some other party, I'm sorry I can't help you. But nevertheless, this is the opportunity for the grassroots to step up, be involved. We had a less than stellar turnout in the primary election, which ended yesterday. We have the runoffs that started today. And it's been an interesting day thus far. But hey, look. We need to take a moment out, focus on what's going on in the world around us, and right now, let's deal with the issue at hand. Russia, Russia, Russia. Why does that always make me think of Marsha, Marsha, Marsha? For those of you that know what that reference is, laugh at it with me. There's a whole lot of world going on out there. We cannot afford to not pay attention. We cannot afford to disengage from it. But ultimately, if you want change, the change begins at home. You can't fix what's going on in Russia, Russia, Russia. You can't save the Ukraine, but you can save your own backyard. You can improve your neighborhood. You can improve your county and your local community. But that requires you put in the effort. And I say it time and time and time again. You got to do the work. And with that, my friends, this is, according to Callus, this was 193. And I will see you on the other side.